Whoops, wrong theme song. Uh, here we go. Oh, hail our fair Riverdale. Register. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Riverdale Register. My name is Caitlin. My name is John, and we both have animals on our laps today. We do. I have Stella. And John, what is the name of the cat in your lap? This is Ellie. My roommate, Ellie. When, I, when I moved in with my roommate, Brittany, she came with two cats. Ellie and Ollie. And I came with reservations because of my allergies. (laughs) And I have not had a single allergic reaction to these cats. And now Ellie is probably my best friend on the planet. She just, she likes to lay on me. (laughs) Especially when I'm at this desk (laughs) doing work. (laughs) I never put it together that it's Ellie and Ollie, which means like just one letter difference. Yeah. What's Cosmo's cat's name? I forgot. Uh, Yes. The third cat that lives in my house is named (laughs) Scarf. Okay. And I believe that comes from Scarborough, but I call her Scarfield, and okay. she's come around <laughs> on me. Yeah, during the during cool. the COVID outbreak of the house, all the cats were forced out of all the bedrooms because we were worried about oh, no. getting the cats sick, and so they had like yeah. they ran the house for three weeks or two and a half weeks with almost no human contact, and so as soon as I was like going around giving pets again, uh, Scarf was like, "Oh y- yeah, all right, you could go for okay. it, buddy. It's pretty great." Do you think the cats, like, unionized I think behind your back? I'm pretty good something? at petting cats, and it's making the other pet cat owners nervous. Mm, yeah, that all makes sense. Love. You can't see, but I'm, like, petting Stella, who won't stop barking, so I figured if she's in my lap, she'll have to be chill. It's just so. like the early seasons. Exactly. It's just like pre-COVID. Exactly. Pre-COVID days, right, Stella? So... She's good. She misses you. She I says. asked. Though she's you kind of recently. <laughs> so I asked <laughs> our fans to ask a question that I am going to pass along to okay. you. This one comes from Anna Werner 08. She asks, hey. which time jump was better, PLL or Riverdale? Maybe more of a Ooh. just compare and contrast, but talk about yeah. the differences between the two. You know what's so funny? I spent so so long and i talk about this every i think i say the exact same thing how i spent so much of my life and so much of my brain power thinking about pretty little liars and i think because of that even though i do consider it one of my favorite shows um of all time i think that because of that i once it was over i was able to turn off my brain power my brain a little bit for that specific show so i feel like i barely remember a lot of the last season i will say that as much as I love PLL and I think there were some things about the time jump that they did really well, I think I prefer, Hmm. Mm, I don't know. Okay. So the thing that pretty little liars is doing that I like that Riverdale is not doing right now is they showed a lot of flashbacks to the time between this, like, I think it was season six and season seven. So you kind of found out like, oh, Spencer and Toby broke up and there's awkwardness there. Like, why is there awkwardness? And then you realize it's because, like, they had a pregnancy scare and, you know, she didn't want a baby and he, like, was kind of more okay with it. And I think that's something that I wish we saw more of with Riverdale, though I have a feeling a lot of scenes might have had to be cut because of COVID. That's just, like, a theory. And that maybe that's why they kind of are keeping things present day. Maybe. I'm not sure, but who knows? So I think that's what I like better, but I do like the Riverdale thing better a little bit because with PLL, it kind of just felt like it was sort of more of the same, but they were older. 
and they had jobs and stuff, but it like never really felt like super different. I feel like this does feel like they are adults in their own way, even though there is obviously a lot of overlap between what they did as teens solving mysteries with the FBI, now solving mysteries with the FBI. As the FBI. As, as the FBI, because no one is overseeing Betty at all. So I hope that answered your question. Actually, my question is, what is the title of this episode? Well, it is Back to School, which was also, I believe, the song from Grease 2 that they sang in the beginning, or that was played in the beginning. And it's also a 1986 comedy starring Rod- Rodney Dangerfield. Um, I think that's the one. It's... Nothing against Grease yes. 2, but... <laughs> I know it's just everybody on Twitter is like freaking about freaking out about Greece. Really? Um Greece too. Greece yeah, too. Yeah, people are very people love Greece too. That can't um, be but this right. one is basically, that <laughs> It's wrong. This one is about basically a dad who goes to college with his son. It goes to, you know, yeah. and shenanigans ensue. So it's like I'm a dad but I'm in college and like let's see what you know, let, was... let all the lessons that you learn from college, I'll learn them too in my own way. Wow, Caitlin, so. this is the best Rodney Dangerfield <laughs> impression I've ever seen. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. Apparently, Kurt Vonnegut has a cameo. Oh. So that's kind of weird. This is this is sad. I, I, I'm shocked I haven't seen Back to School. I should have. I haven't it, seen it either. My dad's a big Rodney Dangerfield fan. Is that a? Is he like Caddyshack also? Yeah, he's the Caddyshack guy with the big eyes. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey everyone, I we're all I gonna go of... get laid. That's Rodney Dangerfield. <laughs> I get him confused with Evil Knievel. That's who I get him confused. You with. get him confused with stuntman <laughs> Evil Knievel. Yeah, because I feel like Rodney Dangerfield is the name of someone who would do stunts. Dangerfield. Dangerfield, Dangerfield is a good dangerous. last name for a stuntman. Exactly. I get it. And so yeah. why wouldn't I assume he's a stuntman? Maybe his comedy you know? is dangerous. It, I think it might be. I don't know. I haven't really seen much of it. So I can't really should, differentiate it. We him. should probably both watch Back to School. Sure. Definitely high on my list right All now. Right. So All right. I'm actually quite busy. I am quite busy, but WandaVision is tomorrow, so that's all I'm thinking about. It's been Agatha all along. <laughs> okay, we'll stop. We won't do it. But I mean, you guys all like it. We know. I heard about White Vision oh, and what yes. that shit's all about, uh, and now oh, I'm you, very wait, unhappy. Wait, did you you know about like the writer and him thinking that Wanda's crazy to be married to a toaster, and then... No, I did not hear that part. Okay. Though I actually kind of agree. So what do you... tell talk? Tell me about White Vision. All I know is that White Vision says to Wanda that he he like has memories but no emotions attached to them. Yes. So that Wanda, sucks. Uh, Scarlet Witch, and the Vision were on the West Coast Avengers, and okay. <laughs> that series wound up being written by a guy named I think John Byrne with a Y, and John Byrne just did not get. He did not think the Vision was a person. He just did not see the Vision that way. He okay. was like, "That's a toaster." Why is <laughs> why is Wanda married to it? I don't like that. And so he was. It was the only series with both in the minute. So he wrote the storyline that had the Vision be destroyed and rebuilt as White Vision, who Good. had cool name. memories but no emotions and was more robotic than before. And that broke up Scarlet Witch and Vision's marriage. And then he wrote the storyline where Mephisto, the devil, came and was like, "Hey, your two kids." They're mine. Gimme. And took them 
and then broke Scarlet Witch further. The all of the all these famous super dramatic and and and, and terrible things that happened to Scarlet Witch and Vision and their marriage came from this writer who just was like, like that's not a person, so like why is she married to him? And, it's so fucked up. And, and like a, that's well, the most iconic stuff. And that and then that you know one thing leads to House of M, and then we just keep going down the rabbit hole so, from there. Here's the thing: I do kind of understand the whole thing where it's like he's not a person because I kind of felt similarly with Westworld and I know I feel like I have some controversial opinions about robots in pop culture I I think Paul Bettany is like the most human person I've ever known um you know he is my godfather so obviously I'm biased (laughs) (laughs) no I just I don't know Paul Bettany I think that he makes vision very human it's easy to be like okay like he's a person like I accept his personhood in but also the same thing that I have with Westworld where I understand why it's problematic to like pretend murder robots that like you made to have feelings I understand that being bad and you made them to have feelings, so it does seem bad. But they are also still robots, and I don't know how to really reckon. Like, it, it's, but it is kind of like you're creating a different kind of life. So I guess it is bad. I don't know. I don't. I yeah. I've never really considered Westworld and Vision to be kind of the same. same <clears throat> Westworld though. is so clinical in like that. This is the brain. This is the code that makes yeah. you. That I'm like, yeah. I like. I wouldn't. If I were the guy designing the robots, I also wouldn't think, or like one of the technicians, I wouldn't be like, these are people. I'd be like, oh, that's the body I sew up every night and deploy right. the next day. Yeah. It's not a person at all. Vision, there's like one of a kind. You kind of get more nervous with them. And yeah, Paul Bettany plays Vision as more human than Evan Rachel Wood plays Dolores. Oh yeah, for sure. Also, really fun quick fact about Paul Bettany I think I may have told you this already, but his wife is Jennifer Connelly. Yeah, and she they, voices the spider suit in Homecoming. Yes, exactly. He, w- he was like, that's them. a good gig. You gotta take that gig. It's so easy. <laughs> they won't make you be in like four movies and a TV show after this. It'll be an easy job. <laughs> What's the worst that could happen? They met on the set of A Beautiful Mind where they were both dating other people or like whatever. Um, they didn't date. And then September 11th happened and he basically was like in England or something and he saw a bunch of people you know watching the TV or whatever and he was like oh my god Jennifer Connelly like lives in New York I love her like I'm in love with her I didn't know that we barely know each other he calls her up and he's like I want to marry you and she's like yeah (laughs) and they get and then they get married they never dated like yeah it wasn't like they had like a romance, like they never did. He's like, I decided I love you I don't... Um, because of September 11th being a super terrible thing. I realized it. I mean, that's what he says. He's he's like, he was so concerned about her specifically. <clears throat> I don't want to call that, that cute, but it's I guess, cute. you know. It is cute. It, it is. I, can things be cute when they have to do with 9-11? I don't know. Well. I'm glad that a positive force in the world came out of that day. Yeah, well, I think it was more just, like, realizing life is short kind of yeah, a thing. Yeah, I'm and... sure. I'm sure that's a... Anyway, <laughs> how do we transition? <laughs> and what an easy segue it is to this episode is written by Ariana Jackson, or Ariana. Ariana also wrote the episodes Lynchian and Men of Honor, which has our favorite Archie line, I forgot my phone. <laughs> I forgot my phone. <laughs> the explanation of why I returned to uh, attack the... Punisher, mercenary, <laughs> no whatever one, that was. Yeah, yeah. 
uh, super soldier, marine, I don't know. Person, yeah. Person who was attacking his uncle dad. I, I wonder if that was something where Ariana had it as, as he didn't say anything, and there was some, some note that came back and be like, why did Archie come back? <laughs> and they're like, yeah, the, just throw the- in a line where he forgot his phone or something. I just feel like it would have worked so much better without that line. I wish like the neck the network executive didn't say that. I imagine if there were like fights in the edit mm-hmm. where like the editor's like, please let me cut this line. And they're like, no, no, we need it. The, the CW audience is gonna needs be so that confused. Line. The Riverdale Register is going to be so mad at us if you know we don't what the have podcast will do. They'll be like, Why did he come back? <laughs> and you know what? We absolutely he would have. We would have been like, Why did Archie come back? Right, we would have talked about it for like a good 10 minutes, and they really can't win. They really no, can't no. win. Unfortunately, when you're a show with podcasts, there is no victory. No <laughs> Not like the ep- it's epic highs and lows of high school football, yeah. which did make a comeback. It did make a comeback. This episode was directed by Gabriel Correa again. So I think they're doing the block scheduling. Yeah, this episode has five storylines in it, and they are the epic highs and lows of high school football, marriage story, the Mothmen, Big Sky, and HBIC. Let's do HBIC first. Okay. At home at Thornhill, the foreman tells Cheryl that the construction crew is threatening to quit. She very sassily tells them that they can't quit. They must always be constructing. And she will pay them plus a bonus. My response is, okay, but they can quit. You're not... <laughs> like, I get you're paying them, but you want them to be constructing at all hours? They should quit. Yeah, this Winchester thing is a little bizarre. Cheryl doesn't just get to throw money at all her problems. No, she does, though. She gets to throw money at other people's problems also, so that's good. Yeah, kind of. Except Archie's problems. Right, no, not that. I don't think Cheryl's fond of You know, at first the storyline seemed like Nana was in control, but this time Cheryl tells Nana it's time for Operation Goldfinch. Which, is that like that book, The Goldfinch? It is like that book. In that book, he steals a painting, and I don't really remember what else happens, but I don't think it's this. I don't think that anybody is also trying to pay half a million dollars for a picture of a kid they don't know. Hold on. (laughs) It's a quarter of a million dollars. Oh, sorry. Of a a dead boy they don't know. I mean, that is kind of like an intriguing uh, story, I guess, once you get into the lore of what happened to Jason Blossom, but I don't know. It's kind of a weird thing. Yeah. I hope Trevor Steins has this <clears throat> there's image a, in his there's house. There's a morbidness. I'm sure there would be buyers, but like, I don't know. How much would yeah. you pay if you for, had money for a painting of Of someone's nonsense. dead sibling who was murdered by yeah. his dad? Right. How much I, I don't pay? want that in my house. That's cursed. Yeah. <laughs> It is a little cursed, but... Now, a forgery of it, probably not cursed. <laughs> right, right. That's actually why it's more valuable. I've never Very understood confused. art forging. Like, if you're so good, you can recreate someone's art. Can you just make your own art? Well, art is a scam. Uh, have you oh. ever heard this whole thing? No. So, basically, look, I'm not saying that art is not valuable or that you know obviously being an artist is not important but is the value of art manipulated in the same ways many things are along racial and class lines well i would basically what happens is okay like let's say and again i'm very simple this is a very simplified way of describing it so for example like you're a rich person okay very true yes when i grew up in wealth 
<laughs> right. So you buy a painting for like let's say twenty thousand dollars, and it's a nice paint. I'm right. A rich person. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's a nice painting, but um, then you get it appraised by some person who does appraising, and then they say it's worth a million dollars. And then you have a value asset of, you know, a million dollars. Oh my God. I got or all something this money like in that. This painting. Right. But then it's like you can resell it. It's, I'm not explaining this well. And I'm it's, sure it sounds else. almost like stocks. Kind of. Yeah. Like it can be manipulated similarly to create value around something. Right, right. Basically, you make more money because you have something that's now of more value, even though who's to say what who's to say what a Picasso is worth? Yeah, You know what I mean? Like, really, I like that there is a job where you get to decide how much art is worth. Right. You're like you like people like art, but no one understands art to the degree that they can act. They can be like, that's the exact value of this art. So we got to hire it's like someone a weird thing to, to say that it's good or not. It's not like it's solid gold art, which also doesn't really make sense because gold's also, you know, that value is... But, like, you can create more art. Like, there's no... I mean, I guess if you have a Picasso painting or something, there's only X amount of real, genuine Picasso paintings out there. But, like, most art, you know, how are you going to ever, ever know? Anyway, if you guys appraise art, if you if there are any art, art appraisers... <laughs> listening to this podcast who are like what the fuck is she talking about i would love i would love for you to explain it to me please, but, please reach out but i do know art is kind of a scam in some ways not that art is not valuable but that art appraising is kind of a scam in the meantime yeah. to be clear operation goldfish is that cheryl is going to make forgeries of famous art to sell to save the blossom family from financial ruin so she sure. knew she was rough on funds and she did agree to fund an entire school right also she's not rich and she's no longer their rich friend then so yes. <clears throat> cool we're the just... rich friend go to veronica last time but right starting yeah. and and she is starting with a forgery of a painting of her dead brother jason i i just sell the painting of your brother Jay i don't i don't know anyway you have it why not just have the one that you painted that's what i thought was weird like is why like if it was a rembrandt or something okay but like clearly it holds sentimental value to you because of your brother jason yeah i don't know she can't sell it twice so it doesn't make sense the secretary at school who's pretty catty this season apparently <laughs> uh calls cheryl after seeing tony walk down the hall with the new river vixens and an hbic shirt to be like i thought you'd want to know she's wearing your shirt and cheryl gets pissed like weirdly pissed like, very territorial but she can't act on it immediately because miss marble the art appraiser is looking at her she she just loves this painting of the local boy who was murdered by his father <laughs> and she's like oh yeah this quarter of a million in auction you gotta do this and cheryl cheryl reasonably and not sketchily in any way asks to have one last night with the painting and she will send it to miss marble in the morning Ms. Marble what a says, weird of course that's how these things work all the time <laughs> Right, what a weird thing. <clears throat> but okay, fine. She can, like, Cheryl can get away with this because it's Jason, but if it is a Rembrandt, no one's gonna, let no me one's just, gonna say that. Let me just spend more time canoodling with my Rembrandt, please, <laughs> as I do every night. It's very hard to part with this. Nana, 
As soon as Miss Marble like walks out of the room, Nana loudly reminds Cheryl, "This means we're swapping the original with a copy and giving it to her." <laughs> yeah, Nana, Jesus, she she's right there. She's right there. I thought that too. And Nana talks loud. She, Nana, we both know this. What are you doing? <laughs> you got it, audience. Wink, wink. And then Cheryl starts tearing up, and and Nana's like, "Is the painting?" And it's like, "No, it's because of the shirt." <laughs> So later, Tony Tony walks into her office and she finds Cheryl there, and Cheryl's mad about the shirt. Like, how could you take my vixens from you? Take your vixens from you. You are a 25-year-old woman, Cheryl, who does not work in the... I also... Does like, Cheryl do they... not want the vixens to compete? Does she think... Do you think that Tony planned all of this so Cheryl would come back? It seems very obvious There's a to part me. of me that thinks Cheryl planned all this, or Tony planned or, all this so Cheryl exactly. would come back. But there's right. another part of me that thinks that Cheryl doesn't know what cheer squads are supposed to do. I don't think or she's like, ever known that. Or like, she's seen the Vixens and she's like, they're not, they're not good enough to compete. I don't know why they keep bringing in these, these, these Olympians <laughs> or Tony thinking that these Vixens are good enough to compete on a national stage. We're not that good. I have to prevent this. If we, if we just make ourselves cool in this town, everyone will feel great. But I can't let them compete in a lesson they won't win. Maybe, yeah, maybe she's protecting the, the poor cheerleaders' hearts. But she's really you know? holding them back. She yeah, doesn't believe in the Vixens, but Tony this does. This is kind of like Gotta Kick It Up, I believe. Which where one is Gotta like, Kick It Up? I believe it's, like, it's a Disney Channel original movie, and I think something similar happens where they're like dancers, and then one person's really good, and another person is like kind of you know the salty bring it on type outsider who like is really good but like doesn't want to be so cool about it or whatever and then eventually they win a dance thing i don't know i think america Ferrera isn't it i really liked it as a kid and i remember nothing about the plot <laughs> so i really enjoyed it though that is the whole hbic plot where do you want to go next let's do highs and lows of high school football all right that's the big one yeah yeah Okay. It's crazy that this is the big one, though, because this is basically nothing. <laughs> well, it's, so. it's all of the school stuff are encompassed within this. Okay. So it is the night before the first day of school, and Jughead is reading Of Mice and Men for the first time? I thought this was insane. I read this in ninth grade. I actually really like Of Mice and Men. I think the year where it was, like, on my list, there were, like, options, and I chose Great Gatsby instead. Also a great book. Yeah. But I, I really like Of Mice and Men. It's a really quick read. It's pretty dark. Hard time believing that Jughead hadn't read it. Pretty mm. cool that he read it in a night. I've read like one book once in my life in a night to get it to get have it known for school the next day, and it was a nightmare. Uh, of Mice and Men is actually pretty short from what I remember. Oh. Like a really quick read. Well, let's not give Jughead too much credit here. Okay, basically. fine. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I'm I think sorry it is. I, I, I gave Jughead a break in any way. So he read it. Good for him. Nobody else did, but good for him. Archie gets to bed and it's very cute that he and Jughead are roommates again. It's also still weird that they haven't seen each other in seven years and aren't curious at all about anything that happened in the intervening time. What do you think about Betty Betty and Archie hooking up behind Jughead's back? I think this episode has a very weird perspective on that relationship because... It's it's not even like a I like you and I'm having sex kind of thing. It's more like I'm bored. I have some time to kill. You want to like go upstairs? Exactly. And I don't think yeah. that's what they were going for last time. Morally, I don't. It's one thing if it's Archie been was like, seven hey, years. I, I I think I think it's silly that it's a secret. I think they would they'd be better off just saying something. But well, I I think that's the problem. Like I think that if Archie was like, hey, Jughead, just wanted to give you like a heads up since we're roommates. 
like this is happening. I know that you and Betty have like long and complicated. They just have such a complicated history. I think that's also right. part of it. And yeah, also, you were you were like, like teen married for a while, so right. They slept in like the same. You like, slept in the same bed for all ugh. of senior year. Do I think that Jughead would have a right to be like, you know what, Archie? No, you're a bad friend for doing this. Not really. I feel but like I... <laughs> Jughead would be like, oh yeah, I broke up with this girl, then I had sex with a different girl that same night. So like, right. I really don't I'm care fine. about I'm... this stuff anymore. <laughs> imagine, imagine if like that was like the big altercation. Oh, why would I? Thanks. Okay, <laughs> thanks for telling me. Like, okay, weirdo. Just like, Actually, I'm ethically non-monogamous now, so I don't really care. <laughs> I, I just feel like it, it it being a secret is dumb. Yeah. It's yes. not it's not a great look That's, for it to be a secret. <clears throat> Keeping it a secret is pretty pretty high school for some adults. Yeah, but with your best friends, like ex girlfriend like give them a you're living with a dude. Yeah. Like, it's weird. It, that it's should have been a conversation like the night Jughead showed up, like just so you know. <laughs> uh, Funny story. We go from there to Fang's looking just entirely too good as he sends Kevin and Tony off to school for the day. And it's just it's just a whole faculty of hot Miss Grundy's this season. <laughs> like, weirdly, so, <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, do you go to that school where everyone, all the teachers are 25 and just extremely attractive? Yeah. Yep, that yeah, school. That's mine. The private public school that yeah, the yeah. scary... <laughs> the private public school. Is, ...is funding for us? Yeah, yeah, I go to that school. That's me. That's my school. Kevin and Tony greet Principal Weatherby by his first name, which is Waldo. Veronica. So weird. He's allowed in the school still, but fine. <laughs> Veronica seems to genuinely jo- enjoy being ogled by all of the high school boys. I feel like Veronica is the type of woman who is like misreading situations as empowering when they're really objectifying. Yes, that's absolutely her. Big girl boss energy on Ronnie sometimes. So Jughead, Betty, and Archie have to figure out where their classrooms are, which I thought was really cute. <laughs> Veronica teaches cute. economics, and it's just for seniors, but there's a bunch of younger students auditing. Again, they're all they're all auditing the class because Veronica's Veronica. attractive, and she's okay as long as they're taking and it seriously, like, which they're cool. not. They're not. They're definitely not. They're not yeah. in the class later. Right. <laughs> Archie promises his new Rarazzi kids that he will talk about his experiences overseas, but he wants the students to know they'll be focusing on physical fitness and military history. Now, who knows something I haven't taught you yet? The question was, when was the U.S. Army founded? And the answer is June 14th, 1775. I had no idea. I looked it up. Yeah, I did not bother. Betty teaches shop, which means we get a new set. And they will be taking apart a 1954 Crestline and putting it back together. Now, I understand that this is like a thing that they do to learn. But how annoying and tedious does that sound? (laughs) I I mean, if you have nine months to do it. I'm sure so it will to... be a slow process, one piece at a time. And so I would... you ruin a car? <laughs> no, to like... take it apart and put it back together. I don't know. I, I wouldn't pick a 1954 vehicle to do that on if I were teaching. I mean, yeah, like take just like some... something cheaper. Right, like like find like a something 1999 Honda, yeah, 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 or yeah. something, and then my mom's fault. <laughs> Alice won't mind. Alice has a new personality this season, and she right. doesn't care about anything. New year, new Alice. That's how it works. <laughs> Always. One girl goes, are you the daughter of the Black Hood? And she says, that's actually the first thing on my syllabus. I am the daughter of the Black Hood. <laughs> and he taught her about cars. Do we know that? Uh, I, feel like that we I think that's been alluded to, but never seen mm. on screen. Because they never, they never really had any scenes of like 
how being a dad while he and his daughter work on cars together. The whole, like, right. Betty and cars thing is something that's way more in the books than it has ever been in this show. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there are, like, a couple of times where it's clear that they, like, want to make it a thing. Yeah. And like, they once try or twice, to make it a she's thing. showing up to help Archie with a car. Exactly. But it's always, like, one of those things where you're like, oh, right, that is, I think that's we thing. know that. <laughs> Canonically, she is a car girl. Jughead learns that nobody else did the summer reading. Classic Jug. And then we cut to my favorite scene of the episode. Hiram and Reggie bonding over a lunch of long subs and Doritos. I love that it's clearly a product placement for Doritos because (laughs) it's not faux Doritos. It's not. It is. It's Doritos. It's Doritos. Do you think this is the first time Marcus Willis has had a Dorito? Um, Like ever? I think... Uh, when the camera cut, he spat out that Dorito. <laughs> <laughs> like, like he's eating it so weird. Also, I, in I my just opinion. love that he's like, I'm running a theme park here, you know, doing a lot of business, <laughs> but it's lunchtime. Yeah, Reggie, come on, hang out. Let's have subs together. Let's talk. Do you think that Hiram just like wants a friend? Yeah, I think Hiram just needs someone to talk to. Right, because he's, he's like, just I bad at, to my so- at, at like social cues. And he's like. Why I'm sorry, I thought this? I was supposed to manipulate my daughter into spending time with me, but this now, bo- young boy just wants to be my friend. <laughs> it's just really sad. Like, why is he doing all of this? Like, I, uh, I really want Hiram to, to try to get Reggie and Veronica back together. Right, he's like, you know what? You're, you'd be perfect for my daughter. <laughs> you know daughter. who you would like? This guy, Reggie. And she's like, I did date him. <laughs> you just don't pay attention to that part you, of my you, life. You weren't paying attention back then. I didn't like him back then. Hiram's upset because there are over a hundred students enrolled at Riverdale. And to him, the school equals the town. The town could grow back around it. And sure. Okay. Why do you hate things so much, Hiram? Like, like, he doesn't want to make money off of the... Like, the town is already dry. I told you. Do you know what I mean? He lost the crown for best boy in Riverdale, so it all has to burn. It all has to bring, like, I, I don't understand it. Like, he already has what he wants, like a yeah. nice community in Soda. Like, he can't bleed a dead town. His his biggest problem is that he loves winning too much. Yep. And, and he needs to win more than it's he's already so... won, and it always causes his defeat. Reggie Ow. here asks, you know, what do you, what do you think of it? What do we do? And he he's like, oh, we sell Doritos. And then he takes a big bite of the Dorito <laughs> back at the school. Archie checks in on Betty in the teacher's lounge, and she's like, oh, the kids are scared of me because I'm the daughter of the Black Hood. And Archie goes, you're the daughter of the Black Hood? (laughs) They say it so many times this episode. It's not me doing it. I know. No, they do. Because God forbid we forget. Even though we've already put Betty through so much more trauma than that, God forbid we forget about this very specific thing. I just think the show is picking up on this bit that we're doing right now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's play into it. I put that on... I'm the daughter of the Black Hood on the bingo card for this time jump. Like, I think it was like somebody asked Betty if she's the daughter of the Black Hood. Yeah. But Betty's like, well, what about Polly? And Archie explains to her, she's just a guest star. You know, she can't be in every episode. She has prior commitments, Betty. <laughs> but, I mean, if you're feeling bad about it, we could have sex. Like, that's the, that's the <laughs> attitude towards sex this episode. I just don't... Uh... <laughs> like, I know your sister's missing, but you want to, like, hook up? And then he's like, kind of. (laughs) Do you think they have chemistry? Uh, Betty and Archie or or Lily and KJ? Yeah. uh, Betty, you think they have chemistry? Yeah, I think think so. I I think she does some of the more heavy lifting sometimes, but. 
I just kind of feel like there's no when they look at each other, they don't see each other. Do you, does that make sense? I don't know. I disagree. Yeah, I don't. I don't know why. I can't quite figure it out. And maybe it's because secretly, deep down, I'm a bughead chipper. Like that might be it. Oh, that's not you a know? secret. I know. It's funny because like I will talk so much shit about Jughead being the fucking worst, but like I think he and Betty need to be together at the end of the day. Gross. You how dare you? No. I'm sorry. I just don't like uh Do like, I identify with Archie? Yeah. Do I identify <laughs> no, come on. No. I mean he's fine, but like he's not very interesting. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think this is it. the best storyline he's ever had. Yeah, he's the most active, I think, in this storyline. And than I think ever. all of the stuff he's doing does make him seem kind of like an attractive person. That, oh, he's... He, that he's trying so hard for this community and everything. Well, the thing about Archie is that Archie's always been a great person. Yeah. Always. I mean, he's made some very questionable decisions, but he's always been like a lovely person. Like, Archie would be my friend. Like, Archie yeah. would be somebody that I'd be like... I would love like, to hang out with Archie. Archie is a good guy. He's just not the most exciting guy. <laughs> okay. I think that's my problem with it. Sure, Because yeah. when, when Jughead was solving his own murder, what was Archie doing? Really, what was he doing? I'm asking. What was don't, he doing? Don't make me defend the writing of the show. No, it's not. It's just, it's not... It's not Archie that. was it's doing just... the same stuff last season that he's trying to do this season with those damn kids. Those damn kids. Ironically, These those kids... same damn kids would be the teenagers in this school now, right? Or would they be older than that? Yeah, well, let's say, okay, the oldest they could be is 18. Were yeah, those but kids... those weren't 11-year-olds in his... In they his, were younger uh, or in older? His, in his kids, in his, in his youth center. They were like 12. They were like literally 12 or 13, I think. And okay, so probably not. Those kids grew up, and yeah. he could not help those kids. He could not. He could not save those kids. Those kids are gone. Yeah. Those kids are working the truck stops, uh, right. selling jingle jangle. Yeah, he's all, he's been trying to. Damn, he was getting over his dad last season. Stop coming oh, after fuck. Archie heard, so much. No, I know. I'm sorry. Right. I think the That's biggest the weakness Archie ever had as a character was dating Veronica. I know. I'm so you hate Jughead, and I'm so hard on Veronica, but I, I think she was a weight on his leg that made him a worse character. I think it would have been really fun if there was more of a push pull with Veronica and Archie. If maybe maybe if Archie didn't <clears throat> want to date Veronica because of Hiram, and it was more like we can't be together because of your dad, but like I can't resist you, as opposed to we're gonna date and just let the chips fall where they may. Which was very irresponsible, honestly, for their own lives. It would but be it would it be worked. nice for Betty and him to have a conversation where it's like maybe we take things slow because it feels like yeah. if any girl is dating Archie, they're doing it to hook up with him a lot, and that's mm. not really the best. I mean, I don't think Archie's complaining right now, but maybe no, he will it's just down like the line. You know, Betty and Jughead, or yeah, Betty and Jughead had a very different relationship where they were active in the same stories together. Whereas Veronica and Archie would, like, do their own things and then come home to have sex and then go off to do yep. their own things. And now Betty and Archie are having that same kind of relationship. And I was kind of hoping they would have something closer to the Jughead. Bughead. But yeah. also, they're, like, not admitting that this is a relationship yet, so. Right. 
I think it's going to be what I think is going to happen is I think that Betty is going to push back. Archie is going to want to be in a relationship with Betty and Betty's going to be like, I have a lot on my plate. And then he's going to go to Veronica and then it's going to be complicated. Ugh. Yeah. That's my prediction. Wrong. I really Could hope be right, you're wrong. Though. Could be right though. Hey, Could be. you're in, like a show in season five, choosing to go back to that. Well, mm. kill me. <laughs> Okay, what happens next? <laughs> Archie and Betty reenact Titanic in the car she's having students take apart. Mm. Archie's like, you know, one <laughs> time I did this apart? with Miss Grundy, and Betty's like, shut up, Archie. <laughs> that's not her car, is it? I, I, it's the school's car. Right, but that's not the same car. Oh, I have no idea. Interesting. You want to look It'd it up? Cool. No. <laughs> but maybe, I don't think it actually is, but wouldn't it be it, cool if it, it was? It looks a lot like the same car. That was a bug, though. Was oh, that a then bug? it's not the same yeah. car. Mm, yeah it is again very hot uh gabriel korea i guess knows how to direct a sex scene and i think the show is a little bit more willing to get gratuitous with these now that they are like we're filming adults yeah i thought that was interesting i I, teenagers i didn't really think about that until you just said that that it's not like they the ages of the actors are really different maybe a couple of years now but yeah, they really, uh, they, they weren't very big into, like, gratuitous, not gratuitous, but more explicit, I guess, sex scenes. Yeah. And now they're like, oh, man, and we that are, one, That one was not male gazy at all. Like, this was, like, no. fingers running down Archie's abs. <laughs> like, that was all. I, I actually think that the CW, a lot of the things on the CW, many of the sex scenes are female gaze. Yeah. And I think that's on purpose. Yeah, you, just... you see a lot of shirtless guys. You don't really see as much, like... I mean, you do, I guess, on occasion, you'll see, like, Cheryl being hot or something, yeah. doing a thing, like, but doing it's, a dance. She, it's but... not like girls are just lying in erotic positions or anything yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. I would say that it's, uh, you see way more, like, Archie running shirtless in the sun as his twilight abs glisten, you know? Stuff yeah. like that. You know, you don't get a lot of bl- blowback for doing that, either. <laughs> People are pretty much fine with it. I think probably because women have been so exposed that way for so long, it's a lot easier to just be like, now it's equal. You know, it would be nice not to objectify all humans. The fire alarms go off. Archie and Betty put out a trash fire in the main hall. The next day at school, Tony asks Archie why he was at the school so late, and he lies. Like, I was, um, night jogging. I do that. Honestly, checks out. Yeah, (laughs) everyone's like, like, oh, I've seen him do that. Yeah, it's real. It's a That's real thing. Episode two. He <laughs> saw some bruisers running away, probably Stonewall prep students, probably football players. Apparently Hiram sponsors the Stonewall Stallions, and they do odd jobs for him. Aren't these people rich? Like, why would they be bothering with this nonsense? You know, that's a good question. I don't, I don't have an answer to it. <laughs> I assume there were only five students at Stonewall Prep, so I don't know when this happened. And like a third of them got murdered, so. Sheriff Keller could arrest them, but Hiram would just get them out on bail. Archie Archie assumes he has the DA in his pocket, and it's more than that. The Stallions are the only winning football team in the area, and people kind of love them. Who's their coach? It's Reggie. Reggie looks great. Reggie does look great. You know what, though? There was a hot second. Ooh, a hot second where I thought, what if it's the guy from Juvie? The guy guy who Archie explained the highs and lows of football to? He was like, you really turned my life around. (laughs) I did experience the highs and lows of my football. Now I coach this football team, and it's great. (laughs) 
And then we still Archie do crimes, to... though. <laughs> but Archie then feels bad because he's like, oh, man, I can't ruin yeah. this guy's life a second time. That would have been a nice twist. But instead, yeah, Reggie looks pretty good in the, in the coach jumpsuit. <laughs> he looks great this whole season, actually. Like, Archie, Archie swings by practice and calls Reggie a scumbag. And Reggie's like, yeah, that's fair. We did do that. <laughs> Archie, Archie punches him. Archie just... punches him in the face. Yeah, and he Reggie takes it. Reggie like, takes it like badly. And then and then he uh, he he points to all of the high schools and be like, "I'll see you on the football field." And he goes, "Wait, no, my students will see you on the football field." I will also be on the football field watching my students. Yes, feels like all the teens in this episode are like cast much younger than the background actors were before. I thought that too. I thought which that they is, all looked really, really young. Yeah, which I'm sure is like it'll make our guys seem older. Or, but you can also be like metaphorically how people younger than you look younger than you felt mm-hmm. you were at that time. Uh, yeah, it doesn't bother me, but it's funny because like imagine if like all of them were like equally as hot and like equally as like thirty something. <laughs> that would be funny if you couldn't tell <laughs> the students from the teachers. You're like, sorry, what do you teach? I'm in your math class. <laughs> I'm I'm already nervous that Veronica might, like... With, with a student? Might meet someone at LeBlanc Nut, oh, go home no. with them, and then be like, what do you mean you're a student? That's happened in so many shows. That's a friend's bit, yeah. Yes, it is a friend's bit. It is also a Pretty Little Liars bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we all know. It's a bad choice, though. Don't make it. Wait, Pretty Little Liars did a teacher-student thing? What? You know what's fucked about that? Can I just really quick about Pretty Little Liars? Is there, I, wait, is there <laughs> anything left to talk about with the Ezra relationship? Well, I don't know if you know this. So they set it up in the pilot that they meet at a bar and she lies about being a college student and he says he's a teacher and they hook up. Yeah. And then like four seasons later, like literally they've already had like a big grand oh, romance. Oh, it's when they reveal that he knew she was a student the whole time? Yeah. 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 It's pretty gross. Yeah. Yeah, I know all about... Beth watched that show. Yeah. I saw the A reveal live. <laughs> I love how you're like, my sister watched the show, ergo, through osmosis, everything. <laughs> it's no not, everything. There's not a lot that isn't passed between. <laughs> that is true. That is true. That I was like, that's pretty unforgivable. Like, yeah. I... And yet, else, I'm sure they forgave him. They did, actually. They got married, yeah. so... Archie asks Waldo to let him resurrect the Bulldogs. Waldo, Waldo Weatherby is like, what about the what about the money? And she's like, ah, eh, the money. Like, All right, well, what about players? Archie only needs eleven. I mean, you don't. You definitely want more than the yeah, bare like minimum. Yeah, like what if somebody gets hurt? If you have eleven left. football players, that means they are playing both offense and defense. There's no way oh. a human being is going to have the energy to do both those things for an entire football game while getting tackled. Or tackling. Anyway. And I think he'll eventually experience the epic lows of high school football then. And I think Archie, that's part of the journey. Archie tells his raw Rotsy kids they're joining the football team. Then he goes around to different classrooms recruiting students. There's like there's two in Jughead's, two of Veronica's. For some reason, Chad's still sitting in Veronica's class at this point. <laughs> Go <Chad's> anywhere. <laughs> I, a lot of these kids are already wearing varsity jackets, so I thought that was what funny. sports do exist. I was like, are you going to pick the people who are already thinking they're on the football team? <laughs> Clearly some kids are acting like they are football players. Those are the ones you want. Finally, a masked kid in Betty's raises a hand 
Narji's like, you, boy. And then she raises her mask. She goes, I'm Britta. A girl? Ugh, Britta's in this? <laughs> is that a community reference? That is a community reference, yeah. But actually, Archie, Archie's like, great, I'm adopting you. You are my child now. Didn't you uh, think that she kind of looked like Jelly Bean? She looked no. like Jelly Bean to me. I thought it was Jelly Bean. And I think it's just because Jelly Bean was in that outfit before. Like, when they met her in Toledo, she was wearing, like, a junkyard uh, yeah. jumpsuit or whatever. Sure. And I think that's why I was like, it's Jellybean. That's not. Her name is Britta. You know what I realized? Jellybean, the actress who played Jellybean, never coming back. Yeah. You're never seeing her again. Yeah. They will recast that part. That's kind of a bummer. I why? thought she was cute. Yeah, but, like. she was cute. Was she? Not, she sorry, not job. cute. Was she, like, good at being? I thought she did a good job. Not to be a jerk. I just. She is a child, John. I didn't, <laughs> no, yeah, I and, and it was a lot to put, I know I guessed it right that she was the voyeur, but, like, she wasn't able to play that role. I mean, I don't know what their plans were initially for Jellybean. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Like, I, I think that maybe that's she, very, went, yeah. she went into it with a different, they cast her for a different part and uh-huh. not the sociopathic child that they made her into i mean i guess she's not a sociopath but it was a very broken person that jelly bean ended up being it's like how and this will also sound a little bit mean but like (laughs) it's a harry potter thing the girl Mm. who played Ginny weasley was never up to the task of playing Ginny weasley well that's hard because when you cast people so so young yeah you really don't know what they're capable of you you yes but they did it for every other character in that movie series. I think they got very lucky, truthfully. Um, because really what they got lucky with, and actually I don't think I don't think it was luck. I don't know this for a fact, but I imagine they put the three main characters through acting lessons day one. Like Maybe. Yeah. I'm sure. They got they much did. better as time went on. Yeah. I think you're not giving casting agents enough credit though. But if you're so young, if you're, like, nine. Listen, kids have it. And some kids don't. I think the issue was, you know, they cast Ginny for Chamber, right? Chamber of Secrets. And they did not know that by book five and six, she'd be the most badass kid in the school who's also, like, a genuine love interest for for Harry. I don't think they knew that was going to happen. But, you know, they didn't know Neville was going to end up where he wound up. And they, they, God, they nailed it with that casting. Yeah, he's really good. I think he's in a new movie or something now, actually, the Neville guy. Sure. Or and he's I, in a new miniseries. And I, yeah, clearly they did not intend for Jellybean to, like, be big in the show. Yeah. But, I thought fuck. she was good, though. I thought she did a good job. I certainly don't think it was her performance that was bad. I think there's very real reasons why all of the reveal happens with Jughead and his dad and not with her in the room. Do you think that maybe it was the, like, a COVID of it all? No. I was wondering about that because they're no, all series I think it regulars. Was, this will be more dramatically engaging if Cole does the scene with Skeet. Hmm. They're just better actors. I don't know. We don't know, though, because we haven't seen... No, we don't. They don't get to tell us anymore. This is only... We can only form opinions based on what on the text that we see. Yeah, but I wouldn't assume that she's, a, like, a 
poor actress. I'm sure she. I I'm haven't sure seen. I'm, I'm. I'm. I. God, I'm coming off as such a jerk right now, but oh, I haven't seen the child. evidence that she's a good actress. <laughs> well, we ha- no, but that's the thing. We haven't seen the evidence because they didn't really give her much to work with. They didn't give her much to work with either way, and so this yeah. is why I'm forming my opinion. I oh, but I don't think we'll see her again. No, you won't. You won't see her again. Maybe, maybe they'll do like a flashback episode, like you want them to, but. I don't think they're bringing her back. No, they're probably not. Record scratch. Tony doesn't have $20,000 for Archie. Obviously. Because of all the evidence that they had earlier about this school being a very, very broke institution. Archie visits Cheryl to ask for money. He's like, yeah, you know, because your, your brother was a bulldog. And Cheryl's like, how dare you desecrate my brother's memory? I have to go copy a painting of him to sell for money. <laughs> Yeah. Like, where yeah. you're not on a high horse here, Cheryl. I don't understand that perspective. Just be like, I don't have any money. I'm broke now. Right. I think that she was just kind of trying to make an excuse to not have to give Archie money, truthfully. I guess, but, but she plays it really indignantly. Yeah. Cheryl is nothing if not indignant all the time, though. I'm, so Now that she's an adult, I'm really tired of Cheryl's shtick. Really? I oh, like her yeah. now because... There's a difference between, like, obnoxious teenager and, like, adult doing business with a construction crew where she tells them, <laughs> calls them leeches and, like, calls it blood money. Those are your, your, those are your employees. They're going to fuck up your house. You know what? What is uh, wrong shtick, with you? There the are consequences. Of Cheryl that I am most sick of, though, is, is the I'm red, you're not red type stick with like tony where it's like i have an unnatural attachment to something yeah and i will make your life hell that is the one thing i don't like what she does there's nothing enjoyable about this yeah especially not now add her to the list of characters who i'm being hard on <laughs> yeah you're being real hard on all of the redheads today oh my except god except for archie I, you know the um uh, for all mankind came back and there's a bit early on where uh joel kidman is like i don't like redheads everyone knows that about me <laughs> So that sounds bad. Really bad. What is that show? Oh, it's so good. Maybe I'll talk really? about it later. Is it is that on Apple TV Plus? Yeah. Okay. Is Hillary Swank in it? No. No, no, no. That's the other one on Netflix that died. Right. Okay, cool. This is Cool, cool, cool. I I mean, I, you know, I think it's the better show. It's about space. Yes. Okay. Yes, it That's is. That's all I need. That's all I needed to it's know. It's about the space race. Archie admits to his team that he has no money. Hey, sorry I put together this whole football team, but I forgot the part where I have to fund the football team. But there's noise from the hallway, and that's when they come out and see Tony wearing her HBIC shirt, and she's like, hi, I made this a priority because cheerleading is a sport, and we'll be competing against other cheer squads. This is when I kind of think Tony is, like, a little bit more manipulative than she initially lets on. I'm like, why did you do this? I, I tr- like, why did she do this? Yeah, like, like this is a bad faith thing. After being like such like a leader the last two episodes, you're really, uh, you're really going to make people salty. Are we about to do the work? Are we going to show the cheer squad doing like an impressive routine, or are we going to do a dance battle next week? We're going to do a dance battle next week. We're going to do a dance battle. We're not going to do. I I don't see this show doing a cheer squad competition. I don't see them doing Bring It On. I would be impressed if I was wrong. Yeah. But I I think we just had a power walk for the sake of a power walk. <laughs> <laughs> Do 
Do you not like the power walk, John? It was fine. It was fine? Okay. It's fine. I just don't know what Tony's getting out of this. She really wants to be a cheerleader. I think she's never. I I never... Was she even a vixen before? She was, but I actually think this is a ploy to get Cheryl. Yeah, me too. I'm pretty sure it's a ploy. And Cheryl's not worth it. I mean, well, she's, I think she's beautiful, but she's like, you know. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put the team into competition, and that's gonna piss Cheryl off because she knows they're not good enough. <laughs> she doesn't want to see them embarrassed. Yeah, yeah, she's trying to protect them. So mean. So Britta, Britta's like, Dad, do you know anyone else with money? And, uh, <laughs> and Archie sees Veronica go by, and he's, he's like, like, Maybe oh, right. <laughs> if I stop by her storyline, I can get that. So Jughead, yeah. Jughead gives Archie some coffee. Archie laments to him that he can't fund the fund the team, and Archie's like, "Yeah, just." Or Jughead's like, "Just don't don't talk about the highs and lows of football, all right? That weirds people out." <laughs> and Archie has to tell him, "It's too late." <laughs> Did the speech? He says Tabitha could sponsor the team, which I think would have been a good idea, but yeah, Archie Archie asks, "What about Veronica? Would that be weird?" Jughead Jughead explains that he's been chasing Mothman in the woods, so no, nothing's weird anymore. Jughead seems so depressed. Doesn't he seem so depressed when he, like, delivers that line? Like, I don't care about anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Betty stops by Archie's. Jughead is working. Betty's feeling stir-crazy because of her plot. Archie's frustrated because of his plot. Guess we've got to hook up again. (laughs) You know how it is. People only have sex because they're feeling too many emotions about other things. (laughs) It's just not about each other at this point. No, it's not. They don't like each other that much. Like, this is, it's not a relationship. Like if Betty were helping him form the football team or if Archie were helping with the big sky stuff. The big sky then, stuff. Then, we, then it makes sense. But, you know, they're not in each other's story. They're, the school stuff at least is nice. As yeah. is the, the LeBlanc nut stuff this week because a bunch of the characters are in the same space and we get to see them do like little interactions. And I, I love that. We have more of that. But yeah, Betty and Archie need to do more of the same things if we're going to buy this relationship. Yeah, which already I'm kind of like meh about. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Betty gets an alert, probably about Polly's phone. This was nice. And she leaves, and then Archie looks sad. (laughs) Do you think, though, Archie's into it? I can't tell. I I honestly, I couldn't get a read on him after that. Yeah. Are you sad because of Betty or because of this Veronica stuff? Right, because uh... Yeah. Uh, the next thing is that Veronica, in the scene that we'll get to later, does fund the football team. So Archie welcomes them to the locker room, and Veronica tells a bunch of students she doesn't know that she'll be going by her maiden name from now on. And Archie's like, "Cool, that's fine. <laughs> this changes nothing for me." <laughs> Archie, okay. not a not a thought ghost. That's really nice, Archie. That's really nice, Veronica. <laughs> I'm glad for you. Miss Bell calls Hiram and tells him about the football team, and now he's angry. And Reggie, Reggie offers him subs, and he's like, I don't want subs. And he's like, well, what about if I pay Archie a visit? He's like, yeah, I'm into that. Uh, <laughs> so that night, Jughead yells for Archie. There's a fire out front and out back. <sighs> so is Reggie just going to, like, murder Archie It's now? possible. That would be cool. You want to talk about marriage story, Mothman, or Big Sky? Let's do Big Sky. So Tony checks in with Betty at school, tells her, tells her that some of the truckers have seen Polly at a truck stop selling drugs and hooking up she might have an account on ned's list ned's <laughs> i guess list. craigslist in this choice. universe yeah a very good choice i thought actually yeah all right 
Betty asks where the truck stop is. Betty then starts hanging out with Kevin to do all of her mystery stuff. <laughs> yeah, like they're just there, but <laughs> I, like I truly not. think that Betty Betty just needs a person to bounce I- ideas off of. Yeah, I mean, we also need somebody for her to be like, "This is why I'm sure, doing this." This wouldn't be an entertaining scene if it was just Betty typing on a laptop. But right. clearly, this should be Archie. <laughs> it should be somebody. No offense else, to Kevin. Probably. I like Kevin being in plots, but. This should be Archie. Kevin should have been in the FBI, personally. Now that I'm thinking about it, I'm kind of mad that when Betty was telling Archie about her problems with Polly, his first instinct was sex and not, I would like to help you find your sister, Betty. Yeah, I thought that was weird, too, that he didn't offer that Not a good showing for Archie, admittedly so. (laughs) Hey, he gave her something that she wanted. (laughs) At at least she did want to have sex with him. Right, of course. It wasn't like, no, okay, I won't ask again. (laughs) (laughs) He would have moved right on. (laughs) But now it's a whole thing. Anyway, uh, Betty tells Kevin that Polly doesn't have a laptop, but she sometimes used the mannequin's laptop. So she asked the mannequins (laughs) to borrow it. And they said, well, they didn't say anything. I realized rewatching that scene that there are people. No, no, we're sticking with the mannequins. (laughs) But now they are mannequins. (laughs) There is a, she's like, there's no Ned's List account for Polly, but there is one for Patty. And Kevin gasps. (laughs) <laughs> Kevin's here for reaction shots and yeah. reaction shots alone. Uh, pa- Patty, Patty last contacted Trucker Boy sixty nine. Yeah, I was like, wow, <laughs> this is not your teen drama anymore. Oh, well, he's what... very old. This man also yeah. would yeah. beat him. Very he made old. a choice, uh, yeah. and they arranged to meet the night Polly disappeared. For some reason. Then Kevin's like, you should send him a message asking to get together again. Like, no shit, Kevin. She's in the <laughs> FBI. Can, you know what would be helpful? Get those instructions out of your mouth. It's like, <laughs> there's this one part, this is, there's this one part of Infinity War I always get a little bit annoyed at, where the monsters are like running around the force field. And Okoye turns to uh, Black Panther. She's like, what do we do? And I'm like, you're a warrior. You're like, you're the top warrior. You don't know what to do. There you should actually, be telling him what to do. You're his advisor. Reese Witherspoon gives a speech where she says she's so sick of of women in movies when she reads a script, turning to the man next to her and being like, literally like, what do we do now? Yeah. And so that's a really good example because I felt like when she said that in the speech, I was like, I'm sure that's happened, but I haven't noticed it. Yeah. And now I will notice it oh, all dude. the time. If you ever watch, and you probably wouldn't like this movie, but if you ever watch Rampage <laughs> with The Rock, no, uh, I Naomi Campbell it. spends that whole movie going, what do we do now, to to him, uh, even though she's uh, the genius who like knows what the thing is, making giant monsters. They send a message to Trucker Boy 69 and they go, let's go to karaoke. But that's Veronica's plot. So Trucker Boy 69 responded, and he was afraid Polly was mad at him. For what? Well, they'll find out when they corner him tonight. Betty brings Kevin to confront this guy at the truck stop. She, she just, just gets into the car. <laughs> she just gets right into his cabin. She's like, "Hi, I'm Patty's sister. I'm with I'm with the FBI. Come with that's me." Why I have the ja- that's why I have the jacket that says FBI. <laughs> they immediately leave the cool truck stop set they built, and uh, Trucker Boy tells Betty that he didn't do anything wrong. And he Polly, didn't actually. Polly had some jingle jangle. Oh, that's wrong. <laughs> he asked <laughs> her to go on a drive part. with him. And she was into it, and then she suddenly freaked out, leapt out of his cabin, and started running. 
this is a weird thing, isn't it? Like, <laughs> yeah, that's very is, strange. That's I, a weird plot I mean, point I have I to expecting. believe this guy is not telling us everything. Yeah. It's a lot of vagueness. Yeah. But it does make me wonder if maybe she was running not from the truck. Yeah. <laughs> Are we meant to believe that the scene at the end of last week was her running from this guy's truck? Because I thought right. she was running from the skull truck. Right. Very like, clear. So this guy didn't even doesn't even know there is a truck with a skull on it. He or a Unless skeleton it's on his it. He's not truck. Eh, maybe. I don't know. If this guy's the guy, oh boy. <laughs> yeah, imagine, and that's a mystery. Oh, it's Trucker Boy sixty nine all along. That would it be was... actually. <laughs> I think what we might need is a Riverdale with really easy mysteries for a season. Yeah. yeah. Oh, they figured it out. It took it took forty minutes. They and looked. That's it. They looked and they found her. <laughs> Ooh, beh, huh, Polly. Trucker Boy felt like he didn't have a choice. He felt like he didn't have a choice. He had to leave Polly on the side of the street. I didn't want to make things worse. Women, am I right? Yeah, women. Women, stressful. Betty's like, listen to me, you asshole. Where? (laughs) On the street did you leave my sister? Betty comes home, and of course, Wine Mom Alice is there uh, with her her glass of wine. She has the life devoid of her in this season. Yeah, she looks really, really done. So tired, like, like, like not just, bad. Tired. Yeah, just Her hair's never looked dead. better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But emotionally bad. Yeah. But I, I wonder if like the wine they keep having these women just hold in their glasses. Yeah. I hope it's something they can drink. Maybe not alcohol, <laughs> but like tea. This is your job. <laughs> yeah. They're just like yep. stand here and hold this glass. Yep. Alice and Betty walk the lonely highway and find some of Polly's things. What happened about Polly out on that highway? They don't know. They didn't find a cell phone, so there's still something to track. Otherwise, they have to wait and hope. Betty's friend from the FBI traced it to the swamp. And I was like, well, we'll never find her. That's the spot where we hit a whole car once. <laughs> Imagine. I'm pretty Imagine sure that's where we back. wound up burying that guy's body with lie. Imagine if this all connects back to that. Oh, man. I'd be impressed. Yeah, me too. Well, if the phone is charged, they can call and hear it ring. And so out of the swamp, they're hearing the, the ringtone. For some reason, I had flashbacks to Jurassic Park 3 during this. I haven't seen that. You remember? Okay, so like there's a there's a giant dinosaur that eats this person oh, with no. their phone. So oh. every time in the movie, this dinosaur, it's giant, will appear out of nowhere and be preceded by someone just hearing the ringtone go off. That's and then they really turn funny. and there's a giant dinosaur right behind them. That's really funny. That's good. That's a good bit they did there. But Kevin, Kevin winds up finding a hand sticking out of the ground. Mm, squeaky. Is it Polly? Oh, it might be squeaky. It's squeaky. Oh, that's why squeaky was blonde. They're going to do a fake out. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's the squeaks. Squeaky's dead, but we can still save Polly. Great. I, yeah. Polly is off doing whatever ABC show she got cast on, probably. I don't know. If she looks a lot like the girl on Nurses, but I don't think she is the girl from Nurses. I actually think she might be the girl, she from, might nurses. Be the girl from Nurses. It's either her or that other blonde girl who was in Legion and 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 um, the Society at first because they look very similar. They do look very similar, and they actually are all on the same Dirty John season. Jesus, so, really? Yeah, that's weird. The girl from Dirty John, the girl from the Society, Cassandra. She, the girl who plays Cassandra, is on Dirty John. She plays, like, the new wife of Dan Broderick, played by Chris we're, Mason. We're, we've said Dirty John a couple of times now, and I, I just I just want to point out... Um, She's on Nurses! 
Which one? Uh, Tierra Scopi is on nurses. Mm. Uh, what is Dirty John? Oh, you don't you don't know what Dirty John is? No, I've been and, and, about and, it. and it's very vague. And I feel like you're about to tell me there are eight seasons of Dirty John. <laughs> no, there's just two. Dirty John is based on the podcast from the LA town. LA Times about um, this guy named John Meehan, who's basically like a grifter who grifted uh, a woman. And I won't spoil the ending. Um, he's not a con artist. Based... He's a grifter. No. What is the well, difference? he's a con artist. He basically told her that he was a doctor, that he was like all these things. He wasn't any of them. He basically tried to kind of extort her for money after they got married. Um, he did a lot of fucked up stuff. Basically, the series is in the second season. It's about the Betty Broderick story, and Betty Broderick was an, another real person who killed her husband. But it kind of the anthology series of it is sort of like how men gaslight women. That's kind of like the themes of all Wait, the seasons. Is it an anthology yeah. series if the second season is a prequel to the first season? No, it's not a prequel to the first season. You said they play young versions of other characters. In the second season, Dan Broderick, who's a real person who died, he's played by Christian Slater in the you know in the present day, okay. and then in the past as Veronica's husband, Chris oh Gecko. Okay. Chuck Gecko. What's his name? Do Chuck Gecko. Do you think um, what's his name? Where Where was that one filmed? Um, if I had to guess, like probably around here. Around here. Yeah. Okay, because I'm I'm like they must have like the same casting agent. All of these same people? That's too much. Well, no. Yes. What's the question? <laughs> Never mind. No, it's just Chad Gecko and uh, Tara Scopey who are on Riverdale. We gotta jump to another thing. You wanna do a marriage story or the Mothman? Mothman, please. I actually know a lot about this now, so. It's dead at Pops. So Tabitha lets Jughead write. And he asks to interview her. Turns out Tabitha left a six-figure a year job to come here and run a diner. Mm, good choice. She thinks there's meaning in Pops. The gas pump she installed attracts truckers and she wants to merchandise and franchise. And about here is where I remember that Veronica bought Pops with the intention to help it and just kind of let it fester. Right, yeah, no, she did not do anything. It'd be and funny like, if Tabitha was angry at Veronica for that. It it just feels like Tabitha is a better version of Veronica. I think this could have been where Veronica went. <laughs> I mean, what, what what's going on here? Veronica's like, I'm, or, or Cam, Camilla's like, I want to be a businesswoman. They're like, great, we're going to have you get into rum wars with your dad. And then they're like, we need Pops to have a, to have a daughter. What about like a businesswoman who wants to save Pops? <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> This yeah. could have been what Veronica was doing years ago. I anyway. love Tabitha. Tabitha's the best. Yeah, I she's love pretty her. Cool. She's the best. Yeah. Some teens walk in and recognize Jughead, and of course this is bound to happen. But he's yep. like, oh no, how could this happen? How could this You're there this every the night when you place. were a teenager. Right, this is the only place that anybody ever goes. You literally so... called this a port in the storm yesterday. Or last <laughs> week. You're mad that like everybody showed up from your class, but okay. Who brought these kids here? It's too late for them. Aww. Jughead finds a tip jar on his desk, which is either a prank or a kind, thoughtful gesture from the student body. Either way, he starts pocketing the money. I would, yeah, fuck yeah. If you're going to be an asshole to me, I want to reap the benefits of Yeah. 
Since nobody has read Mice and Men, he tells them they're taking a pop quiz. This never leads to anything and becomes nothing. I don't know why that moment <laughs> happens in the episode, truly. Because Jughead wants to wants to show the kids. Like some dramatic music plays, but we never get like him grading the quizzes and be like, oh, there is a smart kid in the class or anything like mm. that. You did read Mice and Men. I spark notes <laughs> of Mice and Men. It's so, like it's so he never, everybody he never knows. figures out a way to teach them of mice and men. He just goes, uh, teaching sucks and like keeps going on with his life. <laughs> well, I it's just so funny because of mice and men truly has like four beats. Like only like a couple of things happen in of mice and men. Yeah. It's like they are farmers and then they have um they meet the wife of like the head farmer and she flirts with Lenny and then he kills her and then then uh George or George kills Lenny, and right. that's what happens. So it's very wait. George now I spoiled kills Lenny and of bar- of my of my cement. <laughs> Sorry, I really spoiled it, but it's like a very old book. You should have read <laughs> already. Any of our listeners that do a book report on of mice and men, you're welcome. Mm, yeah, exactly. Should and I have a lot of thoughts you, about uh, it. One whole night. Yeah, it's actually a really sad ending. It's probably the saddest yeah, ending I, ever. I've, so I know of the ending of mice and men. Mm. That's pretty famous. Yeah, it's pretty sad. It's upsetting. The whole gang cheers together at uh, at LeBlanc night for karaoke night. Jughead plays darts with Tabitha, and she's telling him about old man Dreyfus. She's that is that a Richard Dreyfus thing? Is this a? I think so. Yeah. I think they're going for um, uh, what's the Spielberg movie? Um, Jaws. No, the space one. <laughs> <laughs> Close Encounters. Of Close the Encounters of the Third Kind. <laughs> yeah. It's all a Jaws reference. Is Richard Travis a Jaws? Yes, but he's, you know, he's the main character of the one where aliens are coming down to meet people. No, it's a Jaws thing. Is- Jaws, the Mothman also has Jaws. Close the beaches. Close the mines. Hello. It all makes sense to me. Yeah, I'm sure. So. Jughead. <laughs> Jughead visits old man Dreyfus and finds several sculptures of Mothman. Oh, he's an artist. That's it's nice. Terrifying. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty Dreyfus hands Jughead a journal full of drawings of Mothman. Okay. You're really only doing the one thing here, but <laughs> there's a there's an art person in town if we get him to come by. Yeah. She she will take anything. She she comes over and is like, now this Mothman, that's a half a million. <laughs> it's no dead child, but this is how they infuse money into the town of Riverdale. I mean, it's worth a shot. I don't think they'll <laughs> go this way, but there's something here. It reminds me of an Iron Giant guy. Yeah. According to Dreyfus, about 30 to 40 years ago, he and some guys were digging out a collapsed mine when one morning, one of the guys was just gone. Next morning, he was back, but a different guy was gone. And the guy who came back <laughs> said the Mothmen took him up in their ship. I love this story because I have so many questions. The next day, another swap occurred. Same story. He's talking aliens or angels. They're mothmen. Weird that you settled on mothmen out of those three options. <laughs> they look like moths. I don't know. They're aliens, but I call them mothmen. <laughs> I, I like the specificity. They live in the woods and caves off the lonely highway. Jughead's, Jughead explains that he's lived in town his whole life and never heard of them. And Dreyfus says to ask again. There are some old articles, you know, canon changes. We didn't know this was a thing in season one, okay? <laughs> and he wants, <laughs> Dreyfus wants the Mothman to come for him and take him away. My favorite thing about this whole thing 
is that he is like, I was working in a mine and everybody was sick. For Basically, it was like everybody like took the day off but came back and then blamed the Mothman. And Dude, instead I think of being everyone like, was just ditching him. Right, <laughs> Guys, exactly. remember, if he asks, the Mothman took you. Drivers is an idiot. He'll believe anything. <laughs> like, that's what I... Like, it's not like he's like, and one by one, they all died. No. They he's just like, came back the next day and was like, oh, yeah, no, I was also... I was also hanging out by the Mothman. Mothman. I didn't did find it. some weird bunker in the woods to, to hang out <laughs> in for the day. Yeah, they were doing jingle jangle in the woods. They were going on individual benders. Yeah. That they pre planned. Right. I absolutely I love think. And bender. <laughs> Ridiculously organized drug bender. I think Jughead is a moron for this story <laughs> being interesting to him. But the real Mothman story is actually quite interesting. Can I can I talk about this? Oh, there's a real one? Yeah, absolutely. Yes, it's a West Virginia lore. Did more research on this than I've ever done on any of the episode titles. <laughs> but basically, around in 1965 or so, people started see- claiming that they were seeing the Mothman or Mothman with glowing eyes and wings and everything, kind of like a Bigfoot. But then this bridge collapsed like two years after the first sighting. And then all the Mothman sightings stopped. So people started believing that the Mothman were like aliens or like harbingers of death that like brought on this like bridge collapse. Oh. It was I, a structural I thought it would be issue. like, oh, they live under the bridge. Yeah, no, no, no. The bridge did collapse, but uh, people blamed the Mothman. And anyway, there's a 2002 film with Richard Gere and Laura Linney about this. Huh. Um, based on a book. But this really happened somewhere. It, it happened. There are really moths. I mean, there aren't really Mothmen, But probably, there are real but... stories about Mothmen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. I mean, maybe there are. Probably aren't, but I'm a skeptic yeah. about this kind of stuff. Thing, I'm not sure so. where this is going. This <laughs> I mean, either. Like, this isn't really hillbilly elegy territory anymore. And I think, yeah. uh, I think Jughead's agent and uh, the publishers are going to be kind of upset that he writes a Mothman <laughs> story when they asked him for a dying town story about an old <laughs> ghost. This is not true. <laughs> this uh, this is not what we paid you for. <laughs> what are you doing? I, uh, yeah, the next scene I also have many questions about. Where he yeah. explains what happened to the four men. Tabitha checks in on Jughead's book. And Jughead tells him that he looked into all of Dreyfus's old buddies and they're all dead now. Could be a coincidence because they're old, but they did die of cancer. Space <laughs> cancer? <laughs> this is my favorite thing. Jughead, Jughead, let's, let's just like pull this back for a second, please. <laughs> Jughead, Jughead read about like three men in their 80s, 70s. Dying of cancer, probably the most common thing to die of at that age, truthfully. They all worked in the mines. Yeah. Their jobs were being miners. Have you met a healthy old miner? No. No. It's usually lung problems. Yes. I'm not saying that everybody who works in a mine gets cancer, but I'm saying that the likelihood of you dying of cancer in a mine because of exposure to toxic fumes or whatever the fuck is in a mine in the mine mm-hmm. versus Mothman radiation from the spaceship, which even if the Mothman was real, doesn't even make sense. It, it Jughead, sweet, sweet idiot Jughead in this scene. What are you talking about? I don't know why this is the hill I will die on, but Jughead is jumping to such hugely stupid conclusions here. I could not deal. Are these the same mines from Sabrina? Are these demon mines? 
Oh, yeah. Are the Mothman demons? Imagine. Is, is there going to be, like, zombie Harvey's brother? Like, I know, I know Roberto's, like, a little bit upset that he didn't get to finish Sabrina like he wanted to. So is this Is the that point? true? He... He didn't get to finish it like he wanted? He wanted to go much longer than it did. Really? Yeah. I'm surprised by that. You shouldn't have I... made a deal with... I'm sorry, but if you want your show to go for, like, seven seasons, don't sell it to Netflix. Yeah. Netflix only wants three seasons of content. I mean, honestly, I kind of appreciate when Netflix does cancel shows sometimes. I guess. I've, I've been thinking but a I... lot about how Netflix shows don't live with us for very long. Yeah, they don't. And they're easy to forget exist, but you always remember Netflix exists. It's about the brand and not the content. Yes. I think that what they should do, you know, when a creator comes in and pitches something, it should be like, we want four seasons of this in success. Yes. So we don't want five seasons, six seasons, seven seasons. If it does well, we really just want four seasons. They they should open with, we don't want a lot of this. Right. And well, it's like, if that's clear, then you're going to be okay. But for the most part... Well, if you can plan a four-season the, the arc... The Wachowskis wanted Sensei to be a seven-season show, and I would have I loved seven seasons of Sensei. But that was never going to happen on Netflix. Yeah. I mean, I just think that you could tell creators to plan for four seasons instead of telling creators to plan for... Yes infinite amount of because when you go into a pitch and if you come straight forward with that you can probably build a pretty good show about it Mm -hmm. but you know people want to work on something for a while and not have to find another job yes so a lot of writers are like yeah yeah three seasons but maybe if it's great it'll live and it never does yeah yeah you got to be stranger things or umbrella academy where you're like number one for a month yeah but you know what? I I don't know. I think sometimes shorter shorter shows are better shows. Not always, but sometimes. You know, it depends on the show. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think that's a rule. It's not a rule, but I do think I do think it works. Yeah. For a shorter season, if you can plan for it, if you can plan for a shorter series. Anyway, Riverdale. Tabitha. Tabitha is enjoying this with Jughead. There's there's an easy chemistry forming between these two. Jughead's tracking down articles about the Mothman, and she offers the help, and he he suddenly looks at her like, oh, you. oh, I could be attracted to her. <laughs> yep. Do you Shit. think he's remembering Betty? Like, oh, Betty and I used to investigate things, and now... He's like, I like girls who want to do stuff with me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, uh... I like this. Yeah, This that's... makes me... Like Jughead more. Jughead being off in his own show here in this case worked for me. I have no problems yeah. with it. Weirdly. I'm into it. But he's always been the loner, you know? Yeah. Though he always gets the girls, so really. Well, you know where we've landed, right? We gotta talk oh. about Veronica now. Oh yes, we have talked about Veronica now. Okay. So I just wanna make sure I have this right. Veronica wants to open a high-end jewelry store in a dead-end town out of yes. a building that used to sell porn and snuff films. Yes. Is that yes. correct? This is the thing I had the most problem this is, with. This is her, this is what she wants to do. Yes. I, <laughs> Makes no sense. I, Makes no sense at all. How is this going to work? The only thing that makes me think she thinks it's going to work is because she says it's close to Sodale. But even still... 
this town gets robbed things get destroyed all the time it's a so high in- crime area mm-hmm. and when she tells people that they've got to drive out here oh you got to commute at an hour from the city or whatever to to buy their jewelry from her you're gonna say um that town doesn't exist on the map right this is an unincorporated town you're never gonna get mail so you're not gonna get the deliveries out here yeah bad idea very dumb so stupid smithers asks if her husband will be involved but veronica hasn't decided telling him will make him spiral but v what what is your other option here i can't tell you just not tell him forever what is this marriage i feel like she's like trying kind of to work on the marriage but not at all like it's very confusing it really feels like the show is it like i don't know if this is on purpose but from what we've seen so far it seems like chad is the only one invested in this marriage yeah it's a little sad for and him, he's honestly. desperately trying to keep it together and he calls her mrs gecko all the time to uh, try to get her to like want to have his last name it's so sad. It's so and sad. And she doesn't like it at all or want any part of it. So why are you, why did this Why happen? are you doing this? I know. It's sad. You should, and instead of leaving at the end of the episode, you should probably be like, hey, we should do some couples therapy. No, she doesn't care. <laughs> we gotta, yeah, she does. She feels nothing for him. Yeah. She and knows. honestly, I'm kind of on his side this episode. I, I have, I've really come around on Chad's side at the end of this episode. <laughs> yeah. At first watch of the episode, I thought, nah, he, he, he falls apart at the end, but then- Nah, he doesn't. We'll get there. No. <laughs> so Veronica starts teaching about supply and demand at school when Chad appears in her classroom with flowers and cupcakes. He learned it from you yes. because he loves you and he knows you do this. <laughs> but she, but also, Chad, she is in the middle of something right now. Right. I understand that was a bad timing situation. At, at her Inappropriate. Job. Yeah. Not appropriate <laughs> at I, all. But. I, would, I would hate to be teaching teenagers and have my significant other be like i'll just be in the back yeah no it's very it's bad form maybe maybe a maybe a college course but not my high school class there are 18 kids in this classroom very poor choice chad then hangs out in the teacher's lounge with everyone archie gets very weird and territorial when he meets him and betty notices and i don't like that at all yeah i don't like it either archie what what is this is what do you like about veronica (laughs) her money (laughs) it was exciting not, not her dad everybody. wanted to kill me yeah he, he he thought she was exciting i think that's what, and oh, she he really was. loved her dad though yeah i mean that was a torrid affair relation you know a torrid think, friendship affair you know you, you think hiram kind of wishes kevin or kind of wishes reggie were archie sometimes yeah every day yeah every day tony yeah. invites everyone to karaoke tuesday betty uh says that she's a vodka tonic girl which as a vodka soda boy all right mm. i see you yes yeah. uh chad chad seems excited even though according to veronica he hates karaoke <laughs> so yeah. at karaoke tuesday tony invites uh veronica lodge up on stage she's like I, i'm sorry I, I, she she must not know my real last name she tells chad chad's like Who it's cares? fine <laughs> I, i'm i just want you to like the last name Right, right. I just want you to be my wife, actually, but thank you. And um, I'm sorry, everyone, but the song they chose was Shallow by Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper. And not not to attack anyone, but like... You hate that song? No, I like that song, but like Me nobody too. has Lady Gaga's vocal range. No. This is not I mean, fair to I Camilla also Mendes think... to tell her you're singing Shallow. 
I actually think she did a really good job. She did pretty I thought good. that the way they arranged this song was weird. It yeah. seemed like they spliced it in strange places. I think that was they had to arrange it differently because her vocal range isn't Lady Gaga's. Right, which is like who who besides me and you has the same range as Lady Gaga? Honestly, we're just so talented. <laughs> it's hard to find anyone right. else. And exactly. it's it's the blocking is a little bit funny because Veronica starts singing, but she is surprised when Chad jumps in to sing the male parts. Was she planning to sing this duet solo? Right, exactly. She was, which is weird. <laughs> She's like, my it's stupid weird. husband had to jump in to sing this <laughs> love song with me. Oh. He's pretty good for a guy who hates karaoke. He's also. great. Yeah, he, this is why he hates it. He can't be. Too, you can't be too good at karaoke. It's not fun. Yeah. You know, it's not fun. We know that firsthand. So. <laughs> uh, Chad kisses her. Uh, Archie nods nice. approval. Betty and Betty and Archie kind of trade eyes and Kevin cries. I thought that was adorable. Chad, Chad's over the moon. He's like, they all accept me. Oh, I'm so glad. <laughs> I was so nervous. He was, I'm sure. Veronica and Chad wake up in her parents' bedroom. Uh, and they slept very well. In fact, perfectly. And he offers to stay in Riverdale for a few days. Veronica shows Chad the jewelry store she wants to open. He tries to explain very nicely that she's made a good <laughs> wrong choice by saying, well, what about... New York, and she's like, "This has been good for my soul." <laughs> and he, and he again, he looks around the snuff porn film store and goes, "Okay, <laughs> I, I guess <laughs> we could split our time between New York and Riverdale." I just want to make this work. Yeah, he's trying so hard. It's like weird that yeah. she's can like, we, "What a monster!" Can we can we buy a new house, something that's ours and not connected to your <laughs> weird past with your parents? And Veronica's like, "No, I'm never leaving the Pembroke." <laughs> Jesus, why? <laughs> thought that was weird too. I guess they can't afford another set, but like, there's no good memories there. No, it's Veronica like, oh, saying really I can bad. never leave the Pembroke is an explanation for a lot of her past actions of never. Yes. <laughs> like, like is she? No, you don't understand. I'm bound to the Pembroke. The building won't let me leave. It's it's a uh, haunted. What is that? Um, it's is it Monster the Grudge. House. Yeah. Oh, that's a sad movie when they reveal why that is a monster house. Oh, I don't remember. It's a person, right? It's like a person who like fell down the stairs because of kids being bullies. I don't know. It yeah, was he was. Sad. He was like a get off my lawn guy. And then... It's. It was a really upsetting. Mm-hmm. It's been a while. I haven't seen that movie in a long time. Good movie though. I just remember it being Show very sad. <laughs> or traumatize your kids when they're ready you for want. it. Yeah, apparently. Veronica is open to remodeling the Pembroke. Okay. How are we, how are we doing same. this? <laughs> yeah. So Veronica and Chad are together, scheduling their time between two cities. Careful now, this is getting very healthy. <laughs> and then Chad goes, yeah. you know, I was talking to your, to your father because I want to be a part of your life. And he suggested I move to Riverdale and help manage Hiram Land. Veronica <laughs> says, but you're in finance, not theme parks. has chad been talking to hiram behind veronica's back and that's when archie visits can we we just really quickly point out that last episode all veronica wanted was for hiram and chad to talk to each other that's all that was all she wanted that was literally and then hiram's like no i will not and (laughs) now (laughs) and now he is he's opening back up to you I don't know what, like, Veronica's not good at communication anymore. She's not getting what anyone's trying to send her away. No, not at all. I don't know. 
Uh, or, you know, Hiram, Hiram's very out of character, too. But Yeah. Archie visits. <laughs> Archie greets Chad going, hey, Chad, hey, you're still here. <laughs> yeah. Archie, Chad's I actually like, think yeah, is... that's my wife. <laughs> I love her a lot. <laughs> I think Archie I feel... is more in the wrong here than yeah, Chad Yeah, Archie is. doesn't come off very well there. He doesn't. He really doesn't. I mean, Chad doesn't come off great, but I kind of get it. It's not a good look for either of them, but I feel like yeah. they could have sat down and talked a little bit more. Right. I, I kind of want Chad and Archie to become friends now. I actually think that'd be really fun. I think that would be cute. If Chad got, like, involved in the football team, became, like, the main booster, I think that would be really fun. On One Tree Hill, Lucas has, like, a fiancé in the flash forward. Uh-huh. And... It, like, works because she's, like, amazing and, like, everybody is, like, friends with her. And then, like, his ex-girlfriend comes back and then it's, like, people aren't really sure where their loyalties lie. Mm -hmm. And she's not, like, oh, seems amazing but actually has, like, a dark, bad past. It's, like, not only is she really cool but they connect over, like, similar things. Like, she lost her dad and he lost his, like, father figure. So it's, like, there's a connection. It's, like, deep. Riverdale always chooses drama over comfort. But well, I that think means that the... it never hurts as much when the bad things happen. I think it would have been more interesting if it was like, oh, Veronica's husband is amazing, really great guy, but then yeah. their feelings take over and suddenly it's like, oh yeah. no. Well, we'll, we'll see always what happens. Have bad we will. We always will. So, so. Uh, Veronica's happy to cover the football team costs. She just had, oh yeah, I got 20,000 lying around. Could have saved a lot of problems earlier, <laughs> Archie, but fine. I, Archie has said this before, but he promises to pay her back 100%, and Chad mm. Chad steps in and goes, yeah, you, okay, do, please. Because, <laughs> like, I, I mean, I love my wife, but $20,000, I, I right. kind of need you to pay that back. Just for her to be <clears> like, <throat> done, is a little presumptuous. Or, you know, we're... We do want to we do want to remodel this place, but we need to cut some costs. And from what I understand, your family owns a construction company. So, <laughs> and Veronica's like, "How the fuck dare you?" Yeah, Veronica's like, "What is wrong with you?" Uh, yeah, he he does he 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 does come at it like a dick. He does. We're being yes. really easy on chat right now. We are because uh, it's funnier. Archie Archie agrees to do the remodel, but it's kind of contentious. And then Chad says, "Awesome sauce." <laughs> And I want that on a shirt with his face on it. <laughs> Veronica. Awesome sauce. Veronica calls Chad a dick and he's like, excuse me, I was decent for almost an entire episode. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then he instantly apologizes. He yeah, says he he's sorry. And he, wa- and he says he won't do it again and he wants to work on it with her. And she's like, fuck you. I'm and, done. And he says, now what's for dinner? And she, she goes, well, Pops is the only food in town. <laughs> And he's, he's like, like, well, that's not true. Your dad mentioned this Italian <laughs> place called Mia's. I just and, love that it's very reasonable to be like, she's like, ooh, can we get a burger and fries? And he's like, we've had that every single day for a week. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm sorry, please? wasn't that breakfast? <laughs> <laughs> we, had, we had that five hours ago. I Veronica could, could stop and be like, okay, but like, I really want a burger. Can we talk about this? But instead, she just kind of quietly says, sure, and then packs all his stuff while he's in the shower the next day. <laughs> you wanted Italian? Fuck you. <laughs> We're getting divorced. Chad walks out in a silk robe to find his stuff packed. And Veronica explains she wants to pump the brakes. Because of Archie? No. Because Veronica needs to figure out who she is. It's been no, no, five no. seasons and she's still not really sure. 
I was craving a burger. Do I want burgers or spaghetti? And Chad, in all his glory, goes, okay, I understand. He he has to cheat on her or something, right? Like, what's happening? Like, he's taking, like, again, he's, he understands. He shouldn't. Then he asks, can I, can I at least change out of this robe with some of my (laughs) other clothes? And she goes, no, all of your clothes are packed. I need you to leave in the robe. Die. I would love if you had to drive home in the robe, go <laughs> the through Monica the tolls in the And the, the monogram road says, of course, HL for Hiram Lodge. <laughs> oh. Oh. This is probably not the last we'll see of Chad. He'll probably reappear no. working with Hiram and not be this guy we are we are portraying him as. But I kind of no. hope that they turn this around on Veronica and, and point out that she's she's definitely the worst person in this relationship. She definitely, I mean, I understand her wanting to find her purpose or whatever. And he does seem like he wants to keep her down in terms of like her career. And that's not okay. Yeah. And but... hey, if this jewelry store thing works out. Yeah. It's going to break my brain a little bit. It's, yeah, same. Same. Very like, I want, I want Veronica to be a good business person. But they keep having her do these things that are definitely bad business. She hasn't proven to me that she's good at business, so but that I'll is, wait it out. That is the end of the episode. Wow. So how far we've come. <laughs> Look how far we've come. <laughs> who who has aged like fine wine this episode? You know, actually I'm gonna say Hiram, because uh a man who eats Doritos is my kind of man. I, I say Reggie. Also looks great. He can pull off a lot of looks and and he just he likes eating subs with his new dad. <laughs> I'm happy that Reggie found a new dad. Yeah, Reggie's Reggie's new dad is way better than his old dad. Who yeah. is your Riverdale Citizen of the Week? I'm going to say Archie, because he really tried to make that football team happen. Yeah, and you know what? He did make that football team happen. He did. It yeah. worked out. I support Archie as well. With no help from Tony Topaz. No, Tony's useless. Oh. Tony wouldn't help him. Cheryl wouldn't help him. He didn't want Tabitha's help for some reason. Yeah, no, he wanted to do Not the more the awkward thing. had 20,000 to offer i assume yeah i mean i imagine that all goes into pops but we'll see <laughs> yeah i mean installing a gas tank is not cheap one has yeah to doesn't assume. that just make you like a doesn't that just make you then like a gas station like it's, well, it's pops both, out, i guess it's, it's a, a diner station? that's also a gas station i guess yeah sure so uh welcome to the rumor mill do you have any theories honestly not really i do think squeaky is dead and polly is alive though i feel like making Polly dead would be a very big ask of Betty this season. I guess, but like, are we doing anything with Polly? No, but like, I, you I can't kill her Betty sister. I almost wish Betty were an only child. For all of the, I'm just so done with all of the drama of Betty's multiple siblings. <laughs> like, they're all messes. Or I murderers. Just wish, I wish we didn't have Charles as a serial killer, and he just no, wasn't that involved. I would have loved one good sibling for her a yeah. trustworthy older figure who she can talk to like she can't talk to her mom and she doesn't mm-hmm. talk to her dad her dad's dead now right her dad yeah her dad is dead that's why she doesn't talk to him yeah she doesn't, she used she doesn't to, talk to him anymore she used to silence of the lambs him sometimes that's right but, that's right yeah. that was a fun idea i do have a i had a theory i think tony is doing the vixens thing to get cheryl to come out of yeah. from the cold and work as the cheer instructor hundred percent. Yeah, I Thank think you. that's what's gonna happen. But because she's Cheryl, it's gonna be a whole. It's gonna be a whole thing. 
and and then it's gonna be like, and this is our love story, and I won't support it. Mm. <laughs> I will not do this. You're not gonna get me on 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 board for that. I don't really um, know much about the Mothman. I know we're about to, or not about to, but like in at the end of March, we're going into a long hiatus. I think until the summer. Yeah. And I and I and if I were a betting man about the construction of the season, mm. I would say the last episode before that should be a big football game between the Stallions and the and Archie's new football team that will probably win because they're the good guys. And the good guys always win. Yeah. In Plus, it'd be cool for, like, Britta to be, like, a, a good runner or something. I don't know. <laughs> You're, like, betting all it's your... It's weird that she's Britta. I can <laughs> only think of community when she's Britta. But I I like Archie's new child. Yeah, I think it's cute. Archie's I think like, he needs this to... is my new best friend. He has a new mentor Men- mentee, mentee. Yeah. if you will. I'm glad it's a girl. Yeah, I think it's fun. Yeah, I don't really know. I, I feel like... I, do you think that will wrap up any mysteries before the mid-season? I don't know. We're playing real slow with these mysteries. This mm. is voyeur pace, you know? This isn't... Yeah. This isn't like, the game's gonna kill you. <laughs> right, right. That took 24 episodes, so done. Yeah, now, so. I'm, not, I'm not sure how... We're moving... Like, we have nothing on this, on yeah. this truck situation. I know. I no idea. And actually, we don't have an episode next week. Yeah, we're about to take two weeks off. Or a yeah, week off. A week about, off. In two weeks. So this will come back. No, Riverdale comes back March 10th, I believe, right? Is this a leap year? No, last year was a leap year. I truly don't know what that even means. Are there 29 days in February? A Are there leap year? Or is there 27? Wait, you don't know what a leap year is? <laughs> Never mind. Anyway, what else about Riverdale? <laughs> <laughs> what are you watching right now? Man, um, oh, Good Trouble is back, and that's, like, the best. I'm also watching... Oh, I thought it's that was a... over. No, my God, no. What am I thinking? I'm happy. What's the one on, on Freeform with the girls? The Bull Type, also not over. Oh, I thought that one was ending. Not... Well, it is, but not yet. Okay, all right. But Good Trouble is... The... It just came back for season three. Mm-hmm. I love Good Trouble. But also, Ian and I just started watching last night a show called It's a Sin on HBO Max. Mm-hmm. It's really good, um, but it's pretty. Obs- it's it's really good and it's really fun, but then it it has like kind of a dark cloud hanging over it. It's about these men and also I guess one woman who is gay in London in the eighties, and it's right at the time when the AIDS crisis is starting, but they don't have a name for it yet, and you just see these men having fun and like living like really. AIDS, yeah, AIDS crisis. I, but they're, AIDS, they're like, I don't know, it's a crisis, we don't know what it is. Right, no, but it's like without a name yet. Yeah, it's that's like scary. Any, it's super scary, but they don't know to be scared. I think that's the, that's the part of the show that is really upsetting, is that the show is right... Like, there's a moment in the first episode where one of the characters is talking to this woman who is like, yeah, it's in America, it's like it's like this cancer that's affecting gay people or whatever. It's only like, she's saying all these things and she's kind of like a kooky character. And he's like, that'd be all over the news or something. Like, what are you talking about? And like, you know, how, you know what is this is going to do to this community. And it is so sad because they're just having fun and like living their life. And it just really reminded me of like, just like Us, the early days. Last February. 
I know. No, but like truthfully, like it's just like, oh my God, like it's so sad. And like just thinking about that is so upsetting. But it's a really good show. I really like the first episode. Yeah, and it's also fun to see people partying when you can't. <laughs> yeah, like I'm it's sure. you know it's really I good about though. you during the SNL sketch Loco. Oh yes. She, she <laughs> Did you send me it? <laughs> yeah. She's like, you're good. It's like I'm in your imagination. Yeah, you're <laughs> you at haven't home. seen any <laughs> you haven't seen anyone in a year. Yeah. Oh, it's very good. What are you watching? I really like this new Superman show that just started. Oh, it looks cute. I like Superman that guy Lois in it. Had its pilot. <clears throat> I'm really impressed. Because as you know, uh, Superman can be difficult to write for. Yeah. Because he's very powerful. And so right. in this story, he is a father with two sons, which is a dynamic I've never seen before. He's had He has one son in the comics, and there have been stories where mm-hmm. he had a daughter and a son. He's got two twin boys. Uh, Jonathan, okay. named after his dad, Jonathan Kent, and Jordan, uh-huh. named after his dad, Jor-El. And okay. Jonathan is like, you know, superstar sports kid, and Jordan has clinical anxiety and like a lot of issues. And so Superman can, he can stop a nuclear reactor from going off as it's as it's go as it's getting in danger but he can't talk to his son you know oh uh, yeah he can he can fight alien warlords but he can't stop a billionaire from buying out the daily planet and turning it into a listicle website that fires <laughs> its great journalists like clark Kent and lois lane and so how is he still a journalist it's it's iconic at this point. He kind of has know, to be. He, no, in the eighties, in the eighties, uh, they turned the Daily Planet into like TV news. Mm. But then they went back to it being a newspaper, and like it's it would be an online paper at this point, and you have to assume it's like New York Times level. But still, do people know that he's Superman? Uh, Lois knows that he's Superman, and Lois's dad, General Lane, knows uh-huh. that he's Superman, which is the best version of that character I've ever seen. Because he's just like, oh, Superman, thanks for your help. I'm going to cut. You want me to come by next weekend? I'll take the boys fishing. And like, they'll really like that. They love seeing their grandfather. And he flies off. It's That's cute. Fun. Uh, that is cute. And his mom dies. Uh, uh, Martha oh. Kent, who has the same first name as Martha Wayne, right, right, dies. Yes. <laughs> and, and Clark moves his family back to Smallville. And they discover that mm. one of their sons has superpowers, but not but the th- other one. They don't know which one. And and that's when Clark has to reveal to the boys that he's Superman. I always thought it was... I When I read the script, I thought it was wrong for him to keep him a secret from his sons. Yeah. Since, like, that would just make him lonelier. But right. uh, they kind of... It makes more sense when it's acted. I think Tyler Hecklin's really good as Superman. And I I like that it's a family drama where it came, when dad except when they have to cut to dad at work it's dad like fighting super villains on on a scale that's truly beyond what the cw has done before i think it looks great visually maybe i'll check it out it's I know a two-hour pilot and give I it a shot you might like it yeah. you might like the teen stuff i like the teen stuff already the yeah. teen stuff sounds good mm-hmm. so i could check that out john where can they find you you where can they find me you can find me on my blog, The Catcher in the Rye. Rye is spelled W-R-Y. I recently did a post nice, with my thoughts on the big twist in WandaVision that we were talking about earlier. Yeah, like, I, I read it. I, I love WandaVision. Hmm? Yeah, no, I like WandaVision, I love WandaVision too. I just I want I to like it. WandaVision more. <laughs> 
No, I love it. It's perfect. I love it. I love it. Well, you can find me at Riley Tweets on Twitter. That's R-E-I-L-L-Y Tweets. And you can find us on the Riverdale Register podcast at on Instagram. Uh, John, where can they find you? Are you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> I'm very hungry. <laughs> so we're going to go. All right. <laughs> Over and out, River Vixens. <laughs>